Aristotle once said, in every act of doing, we are becoming. Every day, all of us make choices that shape and form us into the people that we are and the people that we are becoming. I'm your producer, Michael Moffat, and I want to welcome you to the Arete Way, a podcast dedicated to helping you become excellent in all that you do. Welcome to the Arete Way. I'm Walter Nussbaum, and uh, my sidekick, Stacy, is not with us today, but we are super, super excited to have our first interview today with John Sardina, great friend of mine, overall fitness guru. Uh, I've known John for a long time, so this is going to be a really great time talking about um, Arete, excellence in the areas of fitness, wellness, nutrition, and I think John's going to have a lot to, lot to offer us. John, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hey, man. So look, let's uh, talk about how we know each other first. Uh, we met first when? Uh, well, I moved here in 1980, summer of 1980, and uh, through my brother, who uh, tennis player. Yeah. And uh, so early on, right after that, probably within six months after we moved here, I met Walter about 11 years old. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> 11 yep. years old. Walter was 11 I years was, old. Uh, I was just starting into tennis at that time. Yes. And uh, Eric and I got to be friends along the process. And you were in, your whole family played tennis. Absolutely. Yeah, that was really cool. Your whole family was into it. That's right. And uh, it's just been, gosh, so that's been um, 40 39, years. 30, no, 40 years. 40 years. Yeah. Um, and I've got to watch your, your life. You've always been very, very uh, fitness conscious. You've always, you've, You've been a professional massage therapist. You've uh, you taught science for a number of years. Uh, you own a fitness studio now. Yes. You've worked with people a variety of ages and fitness levels. Right. So uh, I've always been impressed with your knowledge of just uh, nutrition and wellness. And t- tell me a little bit about kind of what has motivated you into uh, having that as really a focal point of your life. So for me, it's always it's it's intrinsically motivated um, from the time I've been a little kid. Uh, Till now, I've always been interested in health and nutrition, uh, finding better ways of being a better athlete, uh, better condition, better shape, stronger, faster, uh, healthier. And over the, over the years, kind of modified um, what I've done into incorporating it to, and imparting that information to other people. Yeah. But I, I, was, I was raised that way. Uh, my dad was into fitness and health from the time before I was born. So I was kind of raised into seeing that to begin with and then having a zest for it and then going with it. It's just something I've always enjoyed doing. Yeah, you would be um, you're you're a great example of someone that fitness and, and, and healthy eating is truly a lifestyle for you. It is a lifestyle. Like you, you couldn't imagine it not being absolutely such not. a fixture of your life, right? That's absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah, It's not even a discipline anymore. You just no. do it because it's who you've become. Absolutely. Yeah. And have you noticed that people who... Uh, maybe that wasn't a part of their life. Once they begin doing it, that you begin to see that become Absolutely. a lifestyle. You yes. see that? Yes. So what I try to do is I try to incorporate the way I live my lifestyle uh, into, into uh, you know, imparting that information to them and making them, uh, you know, see how effective it is for me and how it will help them as well. Yeah. Um, and so when you when you start working with people that maybe that wasn't a big part of their life, what do you mm-hmm. find as being typically the biggest obstacles to them sticking with it or really just doing what you want them to do to be, to be healthy. Habits are hard to break, you know, and when people get into a certain lifestyle where they're eating, um, you know, foods that are not all that healthy for them, 
and they live a fairly sedentary lifestyle, to change them from going from eating those type of foods to what the way I live my life is very difficult because it's almost 180 degrees. So many fast food restaurants out there now that people partake in, uh, you know, the sedentary lifestyle with computers now, you have to do very little in, in the form of movement. They have watches now. My watch used to be a Timex. <laughs> a what? <laughs> That's good, right. You know, and, and, and watches nowadays that actually tell people to move, yeah. you know, every hour because they're sitting down the whole time. Yeah. So it's, it's changing people's lifestyle that's the most challenging. Yeah, yeah. It's a culture that's made things so easy that we become more sedentary unless you choose not to be. Correct. Yeah. There's a great quote I love, one of Aristotle's great quotes. He mm. says, habit overcomes habit. Yes. And I've learned like in my own life, uh, you know, I've talked about this in the past, that one of the habits of my life today is reading. Yes. Like, I love to read, but I can take you back to a day that I hated it. Yeah. And even cliff notes were too long for me. Yeah. And I would never have guessed that reading would become such a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. And it has now as a lifestyle because habit has now overcome habit. Yes. And that's really kind of what you're talking about is yes. you have to do it enough to where it just becomes a part of who you are. That's right. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, uh, you know, um, I try to lead by example. Uh, you know, I, I tell my clients, you're never going to see me in a fast food restaurant. You'll never see me in a bar drinking. That's just not my way. Um, and uh, so I maintain a lifestyle. Some people call it boring. <laughs> for me, it's not. You know, they, they, and, and my clients say, gosh, you eat almost the same foods all the time. I said, honestly, I really love them. I truly love them. I look forward to the, to the type of foods that I eat because I feel so much better when I eat them. And my taste buds have come to life, so that actually tastes absolutely delicious to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know one of the principles we talk about, and we visited about this, mm -hmm. uh, Arete, this idea of mm -hmm. excellence, mm -hmm. we talk about the fact that it's relative to the individual. Right. And so for you, for instance, obviously, how old are you now? 59 years F old. 59, yeah. So yeah. those who are listening to this on Spotify or on, uh, on the Apple podcast, mm -hmm. they don't see you, but you are an incredibly fit guy. Now, if they're watching this on YouTube... Uh, we could throw some videos on there that you've sent me. I've got to watch you, and yep. you do some pretty impressive feats. You can do pull-ups in a pike position. Mm -hmm. You can do them uh, 30 seconds up, 30 mm -hmm. seconds down, and then rep out 30 more after that. Yeah. So all that's great. I mean, great feats of human strength, and mm -hmm. that's not what we're here to get everyone to do. Mm -hmm. um, but but Arete is relative to the individual. Absolutely. So for you, yeah, you don't go to fast food. You don't go to bars. That doesn't mean that a person can't ever go do fast food right. or can't go have a glass of wine. Right. Right. And, and still not be on the path towards a healthier lifestyle. Absolutely. Right. I mean, well, you know, if, if, if your lifestyle is to go to a fast food restaurant every single day yeah. and, you know, have a bottle of wine every single night, well, anything less than that is you're going to see improvements. So it's all relative to the person. Yes. So, you know, and I tell my clients, don't, you know, don't try to be me because you're not going to be me be the best version of you. Right. And, 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 and I'll help you with that. So let me help you guide you along. I tell people, I said, you're the ship, I'm the rudder. So you're going to go a direction. Let me help steer you in a direction, you know, or you're the performer. I'm the conductor, yeah. you know, and the more you work at your craft, the better the conductor looks on stage. Mm -hmm. If the conductor's up there trying to conduct an orchestra and you haven't practiced all or done anything, well, I look kind of silly up there because you're not going to perform very well. 
And who and who are you? Who do you have to be honest to? Yourself. Yeah, I think that's one of the great things about having a coach, yes. having a guide or a mentor, is somebody who uh, is a few steps ahead of you. Mm-hmm. They can kind of prepare the way, guide you. Yeah. And so, someone like you in somebody's life would be huge, just because you have set the bar very high for yourself. Yes. And you're not necessarily. You told me one time you asked your clients, "What are your goals?" Mm-hmm. What is it that you want? Mm. And I can help you get to what you want. Right. And maybe even farther than that. Right. But their goals aren't your goals. Right. Right. And so that's important to understand. So no matter who's listening right now, mm-hmm. everybody can set a goal that's a little bit higher. Yes. That can improve the quality of their life. Right. You know, I was uh, reading recently. I, I didn't realize this. You may know this, but mm-hmm. um, 90 to 95 percent of all the serotonin that our body mm-hmm. creates is generated in the gut. Yes. And that means that, you know, serotonin, which plays such a role in mood and happiness, uh, and even to the other side, depression sure. and sadness. Uh, when you realize that your gut produces 90 to 95% of your serotonin, I mean, think about that. In the day we live in today, you've already touched on this. What does that mean that is happening to people today? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're eating inc- poorly or sitting around and not doing much, or, you know, the depression, your, your, your body is going gonna, is gonna to hold that and your depression levels are going to go up. So you need to keep yourself moving. I tell my clients, even during this whole COVID thing, you know, if you're not going to come to me, get outside, move. Keep your body moving and, and, and make sure that you're cleaning your body out. You're getting the vitamin D. You're getting that fresh air. And, you know, and then come back to me when you're ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you think about eating habits, do you think that eating habits or working out habits are more challenging for the average person? Probably, I would say eating habits because, you know, if, if you're exercising and I try to get my clients to come in to, to see me two or three times a week, but you're eating three or four times a day. Yeah. So it's breaking those habits or those bad habits of eating. That's the big, that, that, that's the biggest challenge. Yeah, I think uh, I agree 100%. You know, in fact, we all know this. I mean, th- what, you know, I read a really wonderful book called The Molecule of More, and it was about the origin um, and the impact of dopamine. Yes. And wh- I think one of the reasons eating is more difficult for most people is mm-hmm. because every time you eat something that has always tasted good to you, mm-hmm. you get that dopamine hit. Yes, you do. And so to overcome the pleasure of um, that, that drink or that mm-hmm. food that you love to eat, the doubled bacon cheeseburger, <laughs> you know, with Parmesan fries, yeah. man, every time you take a hit of that, yeah. it's like a drug. It's a drug. Yeah. And so I totally agree with you. I think eating, and yet, is it true? You hear people say that, um, your abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym. Absolutely. hundred percent. In fact, one of my clients one time said to me, he goes, what, what, is, what will it take to get abs like yours? I said, oh, a million sit-ups. And he looked at me and, and, and I said, of course, I'm joking. That's not the, that's not the answer. It's, it's what you're doing to your body nutritionally. Yeah. I said, you have abs. They're just hidden under that warm layer that you yeah. got on top of those. <laughs> that's right. And listen, people don't need to have a ripped six body, six, six pack washboard. We're just talking about, um, Hey, have a, a healthy waistline because right. in the long run, that's where the problems are going to come from. Absolutely. Isn't that true? Absolutely. You know, and, and, and like I said, it's life. It's a lifestyle. Um, I tell my clients, look, you know, when they're on whatever specific diet that they're on, whether it be the, the keto diet or the South Beach diet or Atkins diet or whatever diet it might be or liquid diet, I tell them, are you going to be on that for the rest of your life? And they'll tell me no. And I said, well, then 
you know, it's not, probably not going to work. It'll work temporarily. Right. If you're, you're trying work. to get into that dress for that wedding in yes. about two months, yes. go for it. Exactly. Right. So if it's, if it's event motivated, whether it be a wedding or anniversary, a reunion, okay, I get it. Yeah. But if it's to change your lifestyle, right. then you need to incorporate whatever you're going to do consistently yeah. forever, or else you're going to have that, that ballooning up and down type thing. Now there's a, a lot going on right now in the areas of wellness and fitness in terms mm -hmm. of, um, plant-based mm -hmm. diets yes. versus meat-based diets yes. and these sorts of things. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Talk to me about kind of your perspective on, uh, on eating in terms of plant-based versus meat-based diets and then, and also protein kind of, where do you find mm -hmm. protein derivatives mainly coming from? So years ago, there's this guy named Walter Nussbaum that told <laughs> me about uh, plant-based nutrition. And Sterols. I, Sterols, plant sterols, yeah. and and I remember thinking, well, that's that's so ridiculous, you know. I mean, I, I, I eat meat for my protein. I want to build muscle and build strength, and then plants aren't going to do that. Well, lo and behold, you know, thirty years ago, Walter was right. Uh, it, it seems the more that I focus on plant-based nutrition, the healthier I've become. Not to say that I'm one hundred percent, you know, vegan or one hundred percent plant-based, uh, but the more I have done that the more I feel healthy. Um, my main source of proteins now, as far as meat-based, uh, meat would probably come from salmon or from uh, eggs <clears throat> and egg whites. So, but uh, I, I really haven't eat, eaten um, any red meat in years. Uh, chicken has become something I eat very rarely now. But uh, I would say uh, egg whites and then the occasional salmon is for, for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it was... For you now, th that's such a lifestyle. You don't even think twice no, about it. No, think you about go it. to a restaurant and they offer uh, seafood and steaks and whatever. You, you're not even tempted for a steak anymore. I'm not. Yeah. No. Now, the person who says, hey, listen, I, I like I like meat. Sure. It's okay. Absolutely. Right. But if you're eating, if you're plowing down, you know, red meat every single day. No. no. That just puts a real burden on the body. Is it does. Our digestive tracts are not that of a predator or a carnivore. Our, di our digestive tracts are long, so they, they wind around, whereas a predator or a carnivore's uh, digestive tract is very short. Hmm. So they, their bodies are meant to ingest red meat very, very efficiently. Ours are not. So it, along that long, winding you know, uh, intestines, that meat gets trapped in there. And, you know, every great so often, sure. But if you're having meat every single day, more of an issue. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. And this diet, I mean, we're spending some time talking about the diet right mm -hmm. now, not so much exercise because, sure. gosh, it just seems like everywhere you read and look, things like sleeplessness, insomnia, mm. fatigue, yes. lack of focus, mm. these are chronic today. Chronic. And uh, would you agree that a lot of this really goes goes to processed foods in our diets today? Absolutely. Um, so so I, I recently watched a, a Netflix uh, episode. It's called uh, The Game Changers. Yeah. And um, uh, one of the um, lead producers was uh, one of the best tennis players in the world, Novak Djokovic. And so he's ready to become plant-based in his nutritional uh, lifestyle. And he's probably the fittest uh, player on the entire tour. And if anybody follows tennis, he's, he's probably the best player, you know, out there right now. And, um, and he's 33 years old. Mm. So it, it, by tennis standards, that's kind of old, you know, but he's still number one in the world. <clears throat> so for me, 
uh, the more I, I follow that plant-based diet, the, the, the better I feel. And, and, the, and the results that people have when they stray from that are largely uh, becomes a problem. Depression starts setting in because the processed foods, like you say, they're relatively, they're rel uh, you know, they're very easily available. And um, because people are, are looking for that, that fit, quick fix, they pull up to the fast food restaurant, they get their food, and off they go. It's not the best choice. Yeah, right. So I, I remember hearing somebody say one time, the greatest discovery mankind ever made was the discovery of delayed gratification. Yes. And I remember hearing this person say this, and I remember thinking, that's brilliant. You know, the idea that I may not get the immediate return of what I'm doing right now, mm -hmm. But in the long run, the, the gains come. Absolutely. That is true of our eating. That is true of our exercise, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So yes. when you have somebody come to your gym, mm. what, um, what do you tell them in terms of, what, you know, if they want to see gains, what do you tell them to expect if they start working with you on a regular basis? Well, I tell them that the, the, the closer they adhere to what I'm telling them, the better the results will be. You know, I said, if you leave here, I said, I said, you have me, I have you about 2% of your waking time. So 98% of what your life is, is what you're doing out there. So if you're eating poor foods, if you're drinking, if you're not sleeping very well, well, I'm not a magician and I'm not God, so I can only do so much. You've got to help me help you. And, and you can only be true to yourself. You can tell me one thing, but you know, if you're doing something else, it's going to be evident. Um, you, you know, so the more my clients listen to what I say, the better the results will be yeah. because then I can do more with them in, in the gym. It's like Michelangelo having a, a, a piece of, of sculpture. If he's got a beautiful piece of Italian marble, he can sculpt that. But if he has a piece of Play-Doh, well, he can only do so much with that and it's going to start to crumble. Yeah. So don't give me the Play-Doh. Give me the Italian marble. Right. So you're trying to get them to give you more of the good stuff to work with. Yes. As they continue to follow your guidance and, and, and have healthier habits, Yes, their gains uh, and results are going to increase over time. Absolutely. You know, it, it, I tell them this isn't magic, you know, and, and some people say to me, well, you have better genetics. No. I said, you know, years ago when I kind of strayed from the kind of nutrition I'm eating now, and I would have, you know, I, I would have a, a workout and, and I would reward myself with a nice pizza and some Sprite. Well, I started looking in the mirror and I didn't recognize who I was anymore. I was getting a little, I call puffy. And I didn't look like the way I felt. I didn't like the way I looked. And then I started looking into um, altering what I was doing to, to see better results. Once I started doing that, the results started coming. It wasn't magic. Yeah. I think one of the things that's so important for people to be aware of, too, is to recognize that there is a period of time that's going to require discipline. Yes. A lifestyle doesn't just show up, right? No. And you've got to be willing to go through something before you can get to the other side where you go, this is just what I do. A little bit like, I'll, I'll give you an example. You may not believe this because I've always tried to stay pretty fit, but I've always hated running. Yeah. Running for me is something that I've never enjoyed. I had to do it for tennis. And even that I would never, I would never really run more than about a mile. Yeah. Right. Because that wasn't really the kind of training I needed to do. Right. But um, uh, what's funny is Stacy has been a huge runner. Mm. For years and years, she's done triathlons, marathons, half marathons. And she would always say to me, hey, do you want to go for a run? And I would say, no, <laughs> I don't. And we yeah. would go on vacation. And part of, part of the joy for her on vacation 
um, was running. If we were at a beach, if we were in a fun city, let's just go for a run. And I remember one, specifically, I remember one vacation we went on, and I told myself, if she says, do you want to go run, I'm going to say yes every time she asks me if I want to go run. And I just told myself in advance, I'm going to just kind of grit yeah. and bear it. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the beginning of something new for me. And it, it, was, uh, it was challenging for me. Sure. And I didn't enjoy it. But I, I just began going through the discipline yeah. of saying yes. And now uh, I run all the time. Yeah. And I've gone just like reading. Mm-hmm. I went from hating reading to loving it. Right. I now love running. And it's, it's great. And people need to know that, don't they? They need mm. to know, listen, you've got to be willing to go through sure. the, um, the adversity uh, and, and the inhibitions that you just don't want to do it. Right. So you incorporated and changed your lifestyle. You had to ch- make that change, though. And, you know, I tell people also, all change meets with resistance. It does. You know, it's difficult. But to see results, you've got to go through that, that, that difficult time. You know, everything worth anything takes effort. And it's, it, you know, you could always go on and, and take the easy path. And I tell people, you know, it's easy to, 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 to constantly just walk away from the storm. I tell people, turn into it, go through it, you know, yeah. and then you'll come out the other side, you'll feel so much better and it'll be beautiful. But you have to go through that adversity, you know, yeah. whether it be weight training, whether it be running, whether it be biking, whether it be swimming, whatever your discipline is, as far as ex- exercise goes, you're going to feel better initially you're going to go, oh my gosh, you might be able to run to the end of your driveway and be exhausted. And then you run to the end of the street and then you run to the end of the block and you, you keep on going and going. It's like the Forrest Gump thing. All of a sudden he's running from one coastline to the other right. and back and forth and back and forth. Um, I mean, you don't, you don't have to be that extreme, but my brother is a perfect example who's a marathon runner. Yeah. And, you know, when he first started, are you kidding me? I remember we were standing in church and he had a hard time standing in church. We would get lightheaded, you know, <laughs> and... And, and, and now he, he runs marathons in less than three minutes and th- three hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. He's a serious and qualified for Boston. For Boston, right. That is serious. Right. Takes a lot of effort. Right. It just didn't happen. Eric's uh, got, you're older than me. I mean, he looks super lean, super fit, takes yes. care of himself. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he's a guy that it doesn't have a perfect diet, but he's got a good diet. Got a very good diet. And he's taking care of himself. And he's yes. a good example of someone who in kind of the 50s yes. really could go toe-to-toe with most people in their mid-30s absolutely yeah absolutely. if not even earlier than that yes you know absolutely yeah you know i was talking to a guy a couple of weeks ago uh about working out during covid and he was saying hey man how's it going? how are you holding up and i was like hey you know my wife and i we kind of turned our garage into a little bit of a kind of a crossfit gym and yeah. just doing our things and and i said what about you are you working out much he goes oh i never work out oh. and i said i said really why is that and he goes man i'm just honestly i'm just not into the vanity of it no. And I remember the fact, I remember thinking, gosh, is that just his excuse mm-hmm. that he's making it about vanity yeah. and that he's, you know, or is it just laziness? Yeah. But there could be a vanity to it, though, couldn't there for some people? Well, sure. I mean, you know, I, I don't think anybody wants to look in the mirror and go, gosh, look at that large stomach. And the, I mean, anyway, oh, gosh, you know, nobody wants to look like they want to look good. You want to feel good. But for me, it's all it, when I was a little kid. It wasn't about looking a certain way. I wanted to be able to perform better, yeah. whether it be baseball, football, swimming, tennis, whatever it was I, I was playing in. And the more I exercised, the more I trained, the better the results were. And yeah. it wasn't about the aesthetics of it. And it's like, oh, I look a certain way. That's, that's a byproduct of it. 
you know, um, and a benefit of it, if you want to look at it that way. But it's your, it's your lifestyle. How, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? How do you, feel, how do you sleep at night? For me, the, 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 the more disciplined I am and the, and the more diligent that I train, the better the results. And I tell people, like I said, this isn't magic. If you do these things, you will feel better. Right, right. You will feel better. You will sleep better. Yes. You will think better. Yes. Right? Your overall quality of life, the one thing that everybody wants, you can truly get naturally through healthier eating and regular mm -hmm. exercise, right? Absolutely. And you don't have to, you don't have to go to a gym. No. Aren't there plenty to. of things people can do? Absolutely. You know, so, so I told you my dad was one of my mo big motivations when I was a kid growing up. Uh, just watching the exercise and still at, at now at 83 years old, he still does those things uh, and still incredibly fit. So, uh, and then Jack LaLanne. Jack LaLanne used to have a TV program. I know most people don't know Jack LaLanne, but I mean, honestly, he was quite, quite, quite talk about the guru of fitness. He yeah. was the guru of fitness. And uh, he brought fitness into the home. Just all you need is a couple of cans of pea soup. And you can exercise. You need a towel, you know, a chair. Yeah, right. And, 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 and by those things alone, you don't need to go to a gym necessarily. Yeah. You know, if you are intrinsically motivated or self-motivated, you can take things that are in your house and exercise. When the astronauts go in space, there's no gym. There's no resistance. They take exercise bands, rubber bands, to keep their muscles resilient because otherwise they're floating up there. So there's ways to find to, to exercise if you want to yeah no doubt about it. i think one thing people have discovered during this whole um you know staying home and mm -hmm. self-quarantining is that the advantage of a gym would be if you have a coach someone that really is there to guide you help you motivate you yes the other advantage of a gym is if you have a, a community of people that yes. actually do help you work out not just mm -hmm. your chit chat buddies right but they are actually helping you by encouraging you you're yes. spotting each other you're working out together those are the big advantages of a gym. But other than that, really, yes. you can do the bulk of what you need to do for a healthy lifestyle at home. You can. Yeah. So, so I, I tell people, look, you know, I have my own personal training studio, and, and, and unfortunately, a lot of people just are not motivated that way. But there's an accountability when you go to a trainer and you depend on, on that person, whether it be male or female, to, to show you how and what to do, you know. And a lot of times I lead by example. I'll do the exercises with them because, you know, I tell people you can't push a string. You have to pull a string and you pull a string and it will go wherever you go. Mm -hmm. You know, if you push a string, just kind of, if, you know, the old coaches with the whistle, blowing the whistle and, and telling people what to do, but their, their bellies are out to here and they're not doing anything. It's hard, you know, to, to listen to them because look at them, they're not doing anything. But if the trainer is doing what they're asking you to do, they're more apt to follow that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think having a trainer, having someone that's been there and knows mm -hmm. how to motivate you is so important, at least in the early phases, yes. until you are able to do it on your own if you want to, yes. is that um, it's hard when you don't see the gains as quickly as you want. Right. And, and, and obviously, when, when we say that, uh, you may see gains in three, four weeks. You mm -hmm. start really seeing some gains. Yes. But really, this is a lifestyle. This isn't something you go, hey... I can t 30, you know, 30 days and I can, I can turn you around. That's not true. No, 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 no. This is it's not a quick fix. It, it, you know, it, it, like I said, if it's a, if it's event motivated, okay, you're going to, you know, it, cause I've, I've worked with a lot of people over the years that are event motivated. One was a, a lady, she was um, having her, her daughter's bat mitzvah. Uh, and I thought, you know, so it was, she had six months. And she got an incredible shape. Well, I saw her about three years later, and I thought I didn't recognize her, mm. you know, and, and because it was just event motivated. Yeah. So 
it needs to be a lifestyle change if you want to see lifelong results. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a quote I use. It's on my website, uh, and I've used this as part of my business. Um, it's, it's just part of my life, and it's a quote by Andre Guide, and he mm. says, in order to discover new lands, one must consent to lose sight of the shore. Yeah. You know, and I've yes. always loved that quote because the idea of the shore is the idea of what's comfortable. Yes. It's what's safe. It's what I've always known. True. But unless I'm willing to lose sight of that, uh, which I, I think I always say the most important word in that quote is consent. Yes. Like I've got to be willing to give into it and say That's I'm right. willing to lose sight of what's comfortable. Yes. That's the only way you discover new lands, isn't it? Absolutely. And you've seen clients discover mm-hmm. new lands in their life. I've seen clients literally turn their lives around and become different people. And, you know, and, the, and, and it leaches into all aspects of their life, not just the physical part of it. Because I tell people, look, the most important aspect of life to me is love. And some people say, well, no, God is most of my, so I don't understand, but God is love. And some people don't have God, sadly. Number two, they'll say, my family is the most important thing to me. I said, well, I said, absolutely, but isn't your family love? And they'll be like, well, yeah. I said, well, some people don't have families, but they can still have love. The number two most important aspect, I think, of life is health. And health is not just your physical health. It's, a, it's what I call an umbrella. You have the mental health, spiritual health, and you have psychological health, emotional health. And so when I help people with the physical part, and when I improve their physical part, it seems that other parts of the health umbrella also get better as well. It's just taking them on a journey. Yeah. You, you really can't segment segment these from each other they are all no. they're all integrated it's an integrated approach yes and so you want to see people yeah i want to see you taking care of your body and that'll give you more energy now yes to be to to, to be healthier in other areas of your life right yeah I, I know people who in their spiritual life you know have really wanted to really spend more time um uh studying and mm-hmm. learning and praying and those yes. things mm-hmm. But they're just tired, and they just lose focus, yes. and they get distracted, and they just they, they don't have the energy or the motivation. Right. These things are all related. They're all interconnected. Yeah. Um, you want a great marriage? Gosh, you need energy. Got to work at it. If you don't, if you don't take the initiative in a relationship mm-hmm. to be proactive, to go out, to be creative, to do fun things, to be intimate. Sure. Right. All of these things require a level of of energy and focus. Absolutely. And I, I've, I tell people all the time, listen, if you want to be a great conversationalist, you got to have great focus. Yes. You got to be a good listener, right? Absolutely. You got to pay attention. You got to, it takes energy. It does. And all of these things that you're talking about, man, they just, they, they show themselves in every area of life. Absolutely. You know, so, so for me, um, one of, you know, we, we talk about the Arete way, uh, and I'm also into, into ancient Greeks and, uh, Hippocrates, who is the ancient physician once said that our food should be our medicine and our medicine should be our food. You are what you eat. And I thought, hmm, that's true. You know, why are we depending on pharmaceuticals, which deal with symptoms as opposed to causes to, to take care of our problems? If we do things the right way, we give ourselves every opportunity. It may not work hundred percent, but every opportunity in the world to be healthier. Thankfully, thank the dear Lord. I take no pharmaceuticals. Zero right. in my life. Yeah. And I've got boundless amounts of energy. I wake up rested, ready to go, and I sleep like a log. And my quality of life is fantastic. I'm very thankful for all that. But I, pro- I provide myself the best opportunities. Yeah. Which is not to say that there 
is never a place for that. Obviously, Obviously. there are conditions that surface that require that. So we're not saying that at all. Not at all. But if you begin, if I can just talk about another book, uh, Robert Whitaker wrote a fascinating book called Anatomy of an Epidemic. In this Mm -hmm. this book, he talks about the skyrocketing of pharma and just what happened. The moment all of a sudden psychiatry began to be perceived as as medical science, suddenly you begin to have this influx of prescriptions and everybody's got a condition and you take the DSM three, the DSM four, the DSM five, and you just see more and more and more medical disorders growing. Absolutely. And there's a there's a pill for everything. Yes. And and so what we're saying is there's a lot of that that is abused and a lot of people already know that. Absolutely. And so we're not saying there's no role for that industry. Right. It's just that industry has become kind of the easy way for a lot of people. Just give me a pill. I call it Godzilla. You know, uh, you know, it, it, it should be, it should be tiny. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be enormous. You know, I, I've got a friend of mine who's a radiologist up in Buffalo and uh, he and I are best friends in high school and he's gotten himself to where, you know, those pill packs on so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday wow. yeah, are full. Mm. They're full. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's dealing with all these, you know, high blood pressure. He's dealing with high cholesterol. He's dealing with, uh, uh, you know, blood sugar problems. So he's got all these different issues going on. And I always tell him there, and his wife's a nutritionist. Yeah. It's just weird. And, uh, and, and, and so I, I said, look, you know, if you stop eating all that pizza, he has pizza once or twice a day, you know, and uh, the whole pizza, yeah. you know, I'm going, oh my gosh, when I see one of those giant burgers with the fries and all that, all, when I look at those, I see a clogged artery. That's what I see. Yeah. That, that's my perception of it. I used to train kids over at uh, Grapevine High School and on the track, we would do what they call high-intensity interval training. We do sprints, we walk, we do sprints, that kind of thing. And right next to the track there is a Krispy Kreme donut shop. And at 6 o'clock in the morning... I've been there. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> at 6 o'clock in the morning, they're, they're, they're cranking up those, uh, those fryers. And you can smell the donuts. My perception of that is almost revolting. It's nauseating to me. The kid's perception is that's not fair. It smells so good. So my perception over years, I can't walk in a fast food restaurant anymore because I smell the grease. It makes me queasy. Yeah. And for you, that's awesome that you can get to that place. But we also know there's a lot of things in life that aren't good for you that smell good, look good, taste good. Sure. And sometimes it's just a matter of discipline to say, yeah. I'm not going to taste that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Easier said than done. Yeah. And so when you can get to a place that it becomes nauseating, fantastic. Yeah. But for most of us mortals, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a lot of times a decision you make to say, you know, I know how I'm going to feel after that, I eat that. That's the issue. You know, I'll tell you for me, this has been kind of a victory for me. Uh, you know, there's been high blood pressure in my family. Sure. And so I, I began having these headaches and mm. I had them for years. Okay. And I just, and I thought and I'd always go to, chiropractor i'd go get mm. some massage therapy mm. i would i just didn't know what it was and yeah. i just and one day i went to the dentist and the dentist yeah. does your blood pressure and they sure. said oh you know you've got elevated blood pressure and i went i do they said you know this machine's kind of off sometimes you're probably yes. fine because yes. you look you know she said you look fit mm-hmm. um so it's probably the machine's wrong right so i called uh my wife or i called stacy and i'm yeah. and she goes hey how'd your dental appointment go i said fine i told her about yeah. the blood pressure and she said hey why don't you run into like a walgreens or cvs and just Go ask them to check your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Just, I went, really? She could just go test it. Sure. She goes, you've had all these headaches. I went, okay. I went into a local CVS and 
they checked my blood pressure and it was 140 over like 95. Wow. A little bit elevated, right? Kind of yeah. high, yeah. Sure. And sure enough, uh, I had high blood pressure. And so oh. I went to the doctor. Well, guess what the doctor does? Give you medication. Yeah, here's my, you know, uh, my lisinopril that they, they, sure. they gave me a prescription for. And then later, Lazartan. I got on this pill and sure enough, my blood pressure goes down. And I, I'm not going to say nobody should ever be on that medication, but I, I eventually, I was on that for a couple of years mm. and I finally said to myself, I, I want to see if I can get off of this. Yeah. And so what, I, what did I do? I began to reduce certain kinds of foods. I began mm. eating healthier. I began to do much more diligent cardio, i.e. Yeah. running and cycling and these things. Sure. And, um, and I'm off of my blood pressure medicine. Fantastic. Right? And it's, yeah. it feels great. Absolutely. And, and that's, and again, that's, we're not saying if you're on it, you, you ought, you, that no one should be on blood pressure medicine. Right. There are some people that it's so chronic absolutely. in their family. You I don't want it. to play with that. No. Right? No. Yeah, absolutely true. So, so like I said before, you know, uh, there's a place for pharmaceuticals. There's obviously a place for it. But it, it shouldn't be a Godzilla problem. You know, it shouldn't be like, you know, so many people depend, like you said, how it ramped up over the, over the last 30 years. And I tell people, look, it, it, the, the two main reasons for that and for people's, we have a, a crisis. We had a pandemic already in this country. It's called obesity mm. and, uh, and, 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 and trending up, unfortunately, um, where people, their lifestyles are such that they go to fast food restaurants and then they sit all day long because the technological advancements and the incredible amounts of fast food restaurants now are just so prolific. Yeah. And for me, I, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, like you said, go in there every so often. Okay, whatever. But, you know, fast food restaurants wouldn't exist if there was a, a society of me around. You know, Big Pharma would be really, really tiny just for like, oh, you have a certain type of condition that, that you have that you might need an antibiotic or something. Yeah. I get it. But when you literally depend on them because your lifestyle has not been very good, yeah. well, then it's on you. And there's choices in this world. We all have choices. I always say that uh, this country exists for choices. And you don't have to eat fast food. You don't have to eat all, you know, nutritionally sound food. We have choices. For me, the be better choices I make, the better the results. Yeah. And that, that's what I choose to do. I think you're really, you know, as we kind of, you know, kind of wind this down, I think really one of the conclusions that we would probably both agree mm -hmm. in is that the reason people would rather take the easier route of whatever, whether that's medicine or whatever, is because it is work. Yeah, it's work. Right. I mean, yes. when you, when got, when people come to your gym, yes. What the end of a session, how do they feel? They're exhausted. They're exhausted. And, and it feels good. Yes. Right. It feels good for them. They did it, yes. but it's work yes. and they've got to get to that place where they're saying, I'm willing to put the work in. Yes. And if you're willing to put the work in, you can have a, a, a lifestyle mm -hmm. that's incredibly healthy. That's right. And it bleeds out into all the most important areas of your life. All aspects of life. Right. Absolutely. And so that's why you've really, committed yourself to this entire field for yes. human beings to help them yes. achieve nutritional health, physical health, so that, because you care literally about every area of their life. Absolutely. You know, when I first became a trainer, I, it was just by happenstance. I was at, at, at this gym in Denton here. And, um, and, and the way I train is a little different. I, I, I do the eccentric, the concentric, isometric movements very, very slowly. So I had one of the, a, a, a person from across the gym watching what I was doing. And he came up to me and he said, I, I'm watching what you're doing. And it's obviously working. And I was in my mid-20s at the time. And he said, could I just shadow you? And I said, sure. So this is before there was any trainers, that kind of thing. 
And so he shadows me at the end of the session. He goes, I have never felt like this before. He goes, this, that was exhausting. Oh my gosh, how do you do that? I said, it's what I've been doing for the last several years now and I see good results from it. He said, would you mind if I, if I kind of came in here and shadowed you for now, from, for when you, how often you come here? I said, I come here every day about lunchtime. And so he started paying me for something I, I never asked for that. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was just something I was doing. I became a trainer. I call it a God thing because this guy walked up to me and then other people saw and then they wanted to jump and yeah. then other people and it just grew from there. Yeah, you know, the great thing about you, John, uh, and why I so much appreciate you being you know, on the podcast today is because, you know, I think there's theoreticians and there's practitioners. Yeah. And uh, I remember being in a finance class in college mm -hmm. and I remember we were going, we were studying the stock market and bonds and equities and all this kind of, I remember asking the professor, yeah. um, what is he invested in? What, you know, what, what, what areas is he putting his money in? He goes, right. oh, I'm not, he hadn't put in his money in anything, <laughs> but he's telling us all about the stock market and You're how like, to be able to read the, you know, to, to be able to uh, identify which companies are good right. companies to invest in. And yet he's putting no money in the market at all. Yeah. And I remember thinking there's something about that that just didn't seem right. Right. He's a theoretician, mm -hmm. but a practitioner yeah. is somebody who you look at and go, this person obviously right. doesn't just know what they're talking about. They right. live what they're talking about. Yeah. And that's, and that's you. And that's one reason why I didn't even hesitate about asking you to be on this to talk about wellness and we just hope that everybody that's listening yeah. is inspired and feels motivated to go through the work yeah to to make this a lifestyle absolutely yeah no doubt about it for people that um might be interested in in, in john sardina right yeah. being being their coach mm -hmm. you're in flower mound texas i am right uh can they find your your gym number or is it going to be a personal number or what so you know, I've I've got a personal number. Uh, we have a website and. Uh, okay. What what's the website if they want to? So it's www.focalpoint.com. Focalpoint.com. Mm -hmm. Great. And we'll put your contact information, okay. you know, in the description below on the uh, on the YouTube. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to give out your number, that's fine too. If you want to feel feel good about that, let people know. Hey, I'm interested in this guy, or you know, somebody reaching out to you for sure. some help. Sure. Would you be open to helping some people? Absolutely. Yeah. What, so what, how could they get a hold of you with a phone number? Well, so uh, my, my uh, email is J John Sardina Jr. with a J-R, not a full junior. J-O-H-N-S-A-R-D-I-N-A-J-R at yahoo.com. At yahoo.com. Perfect. There you go. That's great. John, thanks for being with us uh, with the program well, today, man. It's been thank great you so to be much. With you. Yeah. Thank great. you. Thank you. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today. Um, we're going to be with you guys again in a couple of weeks. We are now finally out of the... Well, we're not out of it. We are moving towards opening Texas more. So we're going to be having some guests and doing some great interviews. And uh, Stacy will be with us. We'll be It'll be she and I with some guests. And so uh, thanks for being with us. Check us out on Spotify, Apple's iTunes, uh, Apple uh, iTunes, and uh, our Facebook business page, The Airtay Way. Thanks for joining us.